Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Wednesday, November 10th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Scientists in Missouri are trying to pinpoint new viruses that ticks can spread to humans. The classic way that medicine works is you look for the usual suspects. So when it's negative for everything, then what do you do? St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan will have more on tick-borne viruses in Missouri in just a few minutes. The St. Louis Board of Aldermen is closer to finalizing a map that redraws the city with 14 wards down from the current 28. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, a new draft of that map aims to keep existing neighborhoods together, but some are still criticizing the efforts. Board President Lewis Reed continues to push back on opposition from groups who say the redistricting process needs to be more transparent and include more public input. He says the city has received about 160 comments from residents. Some see redistricting as an opportunity to bridge racial divisions within the city. People said that they'd like to see some more areas across the Del Mar Divide connected in single wards to begin to eliminate the Del Mar Divide. That's great information. Reed says the committee overseeing the process is taking public input into consideration as it draws new ward lines. Aldermen are expected to come up with a near final version of a ward map this week. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri Board of Education's newest member says the pandemic intensified issues within education. Governor Mike Parson appointed Carrie Casey of Chesterfield last week. She says two of the biggest challenges are teacher shortages and the education gap, which has been brought to light even more during the outbreak. I think where the focus is going to be over these next couple of months, I think it's absolutely the focus on the academics, what we can continue to do to work with the students to make up for that lost time where they might not have been learning as effectively in a virtual or remote setting. Casey was a founding member of the Board of Directors for KIPP St. Louis. She will be sworn in at the December 7th State Board of Education meeting. Metro Transit is cutting bus routes and making other adjustments after several drivers tested positive for coronavirus. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Metro Transit has lost about 115 bus operators and 35 mechanics. That led the company to suspend six Metro bus routes and cut bus runs on over 30 routes. The changes began on November 29th. Talby Roach is president and CEO of Bi State Development, which operates Metro Transit. He says the coronavirus pandemic makes it difficult to keep enough employees available. In a normal month, we would lose seven operators a month. And towards several months in a row, especially in the pandemic, we were losing closer to 21. Roach says the company has increased hourly wages to attract new employees. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. More charges have been filed against a St. Louis area man linked to murders in the region and in Kansas City. The St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office has charged Perez Reed in the shooting deaths of two people in September. The St. Louis County Prosecuting Attorney's Office charged Reed over the weekend with two other shooting deaths. The FBI says he is also suspected in two more killings in Kansas City, Kansas.
Several new tick-borne viruses have been identified in the Midwest in the past decade, including the Heartland virus, first discovered in Missouri. Researchers say more viruses are likely to emerge in coming years. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, scientists are working to identify the next generation of tick-borne illnesses. On a recent summer afternoon outside St. Louis, two scientists drove along a rutted gravel road, a plume of dust trailing behind them. They hopped out of their SUV wearing knee-high gaiters over their boots and hiked into the forest at Washington University's Tyson Research Center. That day, they were going hunting for ticks. As it turns out, it doesn't take that much equipment to collect a lot of ticks here. So we have sections of cloth that we're going to lay on the ground and then Tupperware where we put dry ice. Sony Adelstenson is an ecologist at Tyson. She says the dry ice is the most important component because it releases carbon dioxide. The Lone Star tick, the most common species in Missouri, actively searches for animal hosts through the carbon dioxide they exhale. They're so aggressive. When they sense you, they just will chase you down. And that's why these dry ice traps work really well. About an hour later, the cloth on the ground was crawling with dozens of ticks. And that's a good thing because these researchers want as many as they can get. It's all part of an ongoing study to track how common tick-borne viruses are at the reserve. David Wang is working with Adelstenson and others on this project. The WashU microbiologist says two new tick-borne viruses have recently emerged in the Midwest. The Heartland virus, first diagnosed in two Missouri farmers in 2012, and Bourbon virus, discovered a few years later in Kansas. But, he says, There's no way that those are the only two tick-borne pathogenic viruses here. And it's just that people haven't been looking. Wang says there are probably other new viruses that have gone undiagnosed, simply because doctors don't know what they are. The classic way that medicine works is you look for the usual suspects. But again, you can only find what you're looking for. So when it's negative for everything, then what do you do? In order to find something that's not in the usual set, you need to take a different approach. In this study, they're using genetic sequencing to figure out what kind of viruses the ticks are carrying. And that involves literally mashing up a lot of ticks. Ishmael Aziati is a postdoctoral researcher who's processed thousands of them so far. The ticks are divided up into plastic tubes filled with tiny steel balls, each one smaller than a sesame seed. Aziati pops the tubes into a whirring machine in a WashU lab. We want to break the ticks up and release its contents. And so this machine, it just mechanically will shake these things up with the beads hitting each other. It's the first of many steps to extract the genetic material from these ticks. Later, he'll feed the data into a computer. And here's where it gets interesting. The research team will compare the genetic sequences to known viruses to see how closely they match and which ones could be new variations. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack, says Deborah Hudman. She's a tick researcher at A.T. Still University in Kirksville, Missouri, who is not affiliated with the study. The viruses, we know they're here and they're really scary because they kill people. But there are very low prevalence and they're really hard to detect. It's, you know, like 1% of ticks. 
Hudman says these projects take a lot of time, energy, and money, partly because you have to test a lot of ticks. Despite the challenges, she says this kind of research is vital in Missouri, which she calls a Goldilocks environment for ticks. It is just absurd the number of ticks that are here. We're just in that sweet spot. We're not too hot, not too cold, not too dry. So, and we have a lot of wildlife. We have a lot of forests. And with climate change expected to expand tick ranges and their seasonal activity in the U.S., studying these new diseases could become even more pressing in the future. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.